What's up? We are back in the break room here, episode 44, 40 e Yeah, 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 you got it. You got it. You got it. Carol Cut. Yeah. It, it has been, been, been a bit of a long week for me. I had to think about it for a second. When I heard you going, I was like, oh, crap. Like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Try good, bro. <laughs> bro, I ain't been in here this late since this the beginning of the like the show you say whenever i first got on like we had yeah. some around this late yeah it's friday at 9 30 and we getting it bro i feel like brain dead like on this like left side of my head like, i just got done calling a uh about a two and a half hour high school baseball game so yeah i am physically and mentally and emotionally just drained you said you said they tried to come back right yeah so it was nine to two at the end of the game it was alvin going to give in shadow creek alvin just was running the game and then at the bottom of the seventh you know Shadow Creek decided, hey, we're going to try to make this a game. They load up the bases. Smack one to left center, goes off the wall. A couple of runs come through. Oh, and all of a sudden, you know, next batter comes up. Bop, they knock it low, and now it's 9-5. to five. Mm. And then it's just adding an extra 20, 30 minutes to my day <laughs> that I literally cannot afford at this point. So, But they ended up closing it out anyway, so I am here. We are here. We are here. We are here. The Breakers. Y'all are here. Thank you for being here. We Thanks. always appreciate y'all. Y'all, y'all, y'all are my favorite. I, I, I love the Breakers. They, they, they give me the reason to wake up in the morning. The reason for life. Okay. I love the Breakers too, man. They're good people. Um, we getting a lot of new ones, like, like been adding to the family. Yeah, oh, yeah. Say, we, we welcome all with open arms. Yeah, facts. I meant to actually talk about, so shout out to the Breakers, everybody who's been supporting the Break Room Podcast on Instagram, the Break Room, the.breakroom.podcast on Instagram, the. The Break Room H-O-U on Twitter and The Break Room Podcast 1 on Facebook. So, you know, y'all been supporting this man, and we are up to, oh, actually, oh, well over. I admit me in this, I just kept forgetting. Well over a 1,000 listens for our podcast. So, you know, shout out to y'all, man. And, and clap fo- for us. Yeah, facts, <laughs> man. The followers been going up. We're over 200 now on Instagram. We're over, I think, 200 on, no, over 100 on, on Twitter, right? Is it 200? Yeah, we're over, over, over two hundred. We're yeah, over two hundred on both on both of them, and like over, I know over a hundred some on Facebook too. So no, shout out to y'all, man. Shout out, y'all been telling your family, your friends, to your kinfolk, whatever, man. We appreciate all the support. And so, man, just gonna get, get uh, go ahead and get right into the show, the NFL. Yes, it is that time of the year where that the draft is on everybody's mind. Yeah, combines are done, pro days are done. You know, drafts what couple weeks away. Here we are in early April. Jacksonville Jaguars are going to be the first team on the board. And, you know, let, let's just going to go ahead and dun, get dun, into dun, what dun, the, the – f- <laughs> yeah, Enters uh, NFL uh, draft chime. Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of want to do like a little maybe top five, maybe get into the top ten, little little mock draft. You know, talk about people that we feel like are good fits and what they need. Uh, but let's start off with the Jacksonville Jaguars. What do you think their top needs are? First pick, probably definitely offensive line. Mm, okay, okay. So I, I think their first pick is either – it's got to be – either one of these top uh, edge rushers or it's got to be one of the top tackles, right? Mm -hmm. Well, it seemed like Evan Neal was that tackle number one. Well, now after we got through all the athletic testing phases and this and that, everybody's dove through every single play that everybody's had on film all throughout their whole college careers. 
the conversation's not as easy as, oh, yeah, Evan Neal's tackle number one. Mm-hmm. Some people think it's Charles Cross. Some people think it's Iki Okwanu from NC State. You know, there's there's some discussion for who's going to go number one. And I feel like for the first time in a couple of years, we don't have somebody who's like, pen, uh, you know, penned in at number one. And there's been talk about Aiden Hutchinson. You know, Kayvon Thibodeau, that train's kind of falling off a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I I feel like if, if, if they're in the market of just getting the best player available, I think that would be Aiden Hutchinson. But if they're in the market for we're going to protect Trevor Lawrence, our number one draft pick from last year, mm-hmm. they got to go off as a tackle, right? Yeah. Definitely. I, I, I just don't know who it would be. I would like to think Evan Neal would be tackle number one taken off the board, whether that's you know from the Jags or not. I would. He's the most balanced out of the two, and you know, Aquanu's the the mauler run blocker. Yeah, Charles Cross, you know, plays for Mike Leach over uh, down at Mississippi State. So you know, they're air raid. He's you know got all the pass reps that you want to see. Uh, I, I would have to think that Aiden Hutchinson would have to be the pick, though. You always want to go best player available, especially number one, right? Yeah. Absolutely, and if I mean, you know, besides like Trevor Lawrence before that, you know, usually we have, well, let me say not before Trevor Lawrence, but like Trevor Lawrence was, you usually have that overall talent that's just like he has to be number one. I, I don't know if I'm even though Aiden Hutchinson is great and a phenomenal defensive end or player, I don't know if this drive just necessarily has that that guy. You know what yeah. I mean? I feel you. That overall guy, like, you know, like we said, um, Trevor Lawrence and years ago, Jadavion Clowney. Um, before that, I mean, well, not Miles before that. Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett. After that. I, and there was always that, I mean, except in, what was it, 2018, that was what, Baker, Josh Allen, Sam Darnold, all yeah. of them. Like, that was the last time we didn't have, like, a number one quarterback. Mm-hmm. And that one was kind of, you know, some people thought it was Baker. Some people thought it was Josh Allen. Some people thought it was Sam Darnold. Even kind of the, the same thing this year with the quarterbacks as well. Yeah, even the year where, even though that class was a lot better, um, the year when, the, uh, I forgot what year Deshaun got drafted. Was that 2017? Yeah. 2017. Yeah. Um, Mitchell Trubisky. Mitchell went first, Mahomes, which was weird. Yeah. But, you know, Patrick Mahomes was there. We didn't, nobody thought he was going to be, what he is now, but yeah, and that, that mistake that the Bears made to trade up from three to two to make sure that the 49ers weren't going to pick a quarterback that they definitely weren't at the time. So, I, I, hey, you know, the Bears, you know, doing what they do best and getting Mitchell Trubisky, and we saw how that worked out for them. But number one overall, if you had to just put your money on one name to be the first pick, who do you think it's going to be? Oh man, I hate to cop out like this. I have not researched these offensive these offensive linemen like that. I just know the Jacksonville Jaguars have it. I hate to de- kind of defer your question like that, but I got to be honest. I don't want to, you know, shade the guys. Hey, that's fair enough, I guess. Hey, I, I would like to think that Aiden Hutchinson would be the first overall pick in this draft. Everything they go deep, they'll swing defense first. Yeah, I, I just feel like if they get somebody on the defensive side to. To build around, like on offense, you already have somebody to build around. Now, do you want to continue to build around him, or do you want to work on the other side of the football? If you have two number one overall picks in back to back years, you know you already hit the offensive side. I would like to think that they're going to swing the bat on the defensive side of the ball. Okay, okay. And then for the second round, I mean, I said second round pick, the second pick of the first round, Detroit. 
And they can go a lot of different places. They really here. could. It's, it's a lot of ways. It's a lot of ways they can go. These quarterbacks aren't that great. Do you want to go quarterback at number two? Do you trust Jared Goff? Uh, do, do, do you want to rock with mm. him for another year? Or do you want to bring in somebody else? Or are you just going best player available? Like if you were in Detroit, if you're the GM, what what, what do you what's your draft strategy here? What do you do? Uh, I'm definitely probably not going quarterback just because I don't think they're gonna he's gonna change anything drastically, you know. Or so financially, I think you're just going should just stick with Jared Goff because um, I don't think you can really move him anywhere anywhere special and get anything back for him so if I were to pick first for the Detroit Lions I would probably go defense you know their defense has already been okay they play hard they've really had a lot of close games I think they only got blown out five times this entire this entire last season only five times only five <laughs> I mean, every, that's impressive for how bad we thought the Lions were going to be exactly I, I mean every other game they were within nine points so, you know, it's like you know, they play they play close. So, I think you could um, either go go defense or go receiver for me. Well, well, I think for the short lines, receiver too. Hmm. I think they need a number that could one. Be interesting. That could be interesting. They 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 definitely do. They got a Ross St. Brown. That's a good slot. Good slot, but you need that number one. See, I, this one is is where the draft is either it's going to be broken. And everything's going to fall weird. Yeah. Or they're the the lines are going to panic if they pick a quarterback. That's going to that's going to that's, that's going to completely that's gonna throw everything off. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like looking at some of the top players, you know, on the board, you know, at number two, you got guys like Kyle Hamilton. You know, you got your corners like Derek Stingley or Maud um, Garner, Trent McDuffie as well. Some of the, the other top corners. You still got the tackles. I really don't think they need tackle. They got uh, Decker and Panay Sewell, so I think they're straight there. It's like maybe corner is the is got to be the pick here at two. It could. It's a lot of help they need. They could trade back, try to accumulate some more picks. That we could. I'm, you know what? I'm not against that. I'm not against seeing that happen. I'm thinking, what team? What team do you see wanting to move up and having it to move up? Yeah, I say having who has the ammo to move up. I mean, the Jets do, but they really Man, don't need to. They don't to. need they have the to, yeah. the 10th pick. You know, the Giants also have two top 10 picks. There's no need for them to really move. They don't have any hole that they're not going to be able to address twice within, you know, the first 10 picks. I'm, who would be the first team to really try to trade up? You know what I was thinking? Who? Maybe New Orleans. Yeah, because they did just have that trade mm-hmm. with Philly, so they they got the two first. They could package that together with some other things and try to move up. I mean, could you see? See, I would like to think the Commanders can move up, but like for, for what? what? They, yeah. they just got Carson. It's like, are they going to move up to draft one of these quarterbacks? Unless Detroit picks a quarterback at number two, and then they were to trade up, you know, afterwards. But we're still sitting here on, on number uh, two on the board, and. Um, Detroit is going to be the wild card. They could because they could definitely like destroy every line of the anybody ever made. What would you think about? And I know you know Kayvon Thibodeau hasn't gotten all the hype more recently. People are more concerned about him being uh, worried and invested into his own cryptocurrency that he has. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anywho, but um, what, what would you think about if they just went edge rusher here? It's not. It's not a. Talking about Detroit, Grant, a glaring need. But you still talking about Detroit, could, or you talking? Yeah, about, yeah, Detroit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not against it. You know what I mean? If, but if they go edge rusher, be a hundred percent on them. Like, like I say, this is one of the top picks, um, and it's like because they need so much help in a lot of places, or whatever, whatever pick they get. 
can have an immediate impact on those spots. It's like if he busts, it, it's going to really, 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 really look bad. Yeah. So, I mean, even though they do have a, another first-round pick at 32, I, 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 it, yeah, yeah, I, I just know, feel like the, the Lions have so many just busts underneath their belt since we've been alive or yeah. really ever for their existence that it, just one more would just – it's like if what, you're bleeding you out say? on the yeah. floor. What's worse than that? Yeah. Like just cutting the the, the 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 wound like that much bigger, so you just bleed out a little bit faster. <laughs> but you're still bleeding out. But you're still, bleeding. You're still not dead yet. Somehow, if somebody stuck a knife in your kidneys and then shot you in the shoulder, like what? Yeah, yeah it's like what? you're still in pain. You're still it's in just pain. Looks worse, right? So, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I'm gonna let you uh, formally take uh, the second pick here. <laughs> what do you think it's gonna be? Mm, like I said, as far as um. Position, if I were the GM, I would go defense. Do I think I think they'll go? I think they go offense. I think they go receiver. And I would, you think they go receiver at two? That would be also throwing something. the board off. That would that would that would because another thing is the like, board would panic. Yeah, another thing is like people saying this receiver class is deep. What do you? What do you? It is, but I, it's still not as good as what we had last year or anything mm-hmm. like that. So, and that first receiver was. Uh, taking off the board was Jamar Chase at five. Do I think any of these receivers are as good as Jamar Chase? Absolutely not. not. I mean, it, it, so if you want to go receiver for the Lions at two, who who would you pick? Be are you going to go Drake London, Garrett Wilson, Jamison Williams? Yeah, so Drake London. Yeah, yeah, I think we go for the big body guy. I mean, hey, number two overall, that's rich, but that would definitely throw this board off. And hey, so not speedy guy, more so the stretch guy. There we go. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely the the red zone target. You know, mm-hmm. big body, six four. You know, good hands can can do a little bit of a go for a sure target. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm not gonna say he can do a little bit of everything, but he he, he got it. You know, mm-hmm. he's number one, number two on most people's boards, anyways. So now, this this is where things get interesting. The Texans literally need every single position. They're up next on the board at number three, and they need literally everything. Do they go tackle here? We still got all three of the tackles up on the board, so it's pick your your poison with that one. Whatever one you like the most could go DB. Still, you know, got all the corners and everybody up on the board yet. I mean, we only have Aiden Hutchinson and Drake London taking off. So it's really, you know, pick pick your uh, flavor with the uh, Houston Texans at number three. What are you thinking that they might lean towards? Same. Definitely just offensive line. Since they seem so confident in, confident in Davis Mills and the receivers they already have, why not just go offensive line? And so with the offensive line, do you think that they'll want more of a just true pass guy? Or do you think they'll want more of a run mauler? Do you think they'll want more of the balance type of dude? I say more pass guy just because, like, the Texans rotate running backs, like, more than they do socks. So uh, I don't even think that – and then the run game just isn't very good because they don't keep running backs. So, yeah, I think they'll go probably more pass guy than run. Okay, so so that's pretty much leaning between Charles Cross and Evan Neal. Mm-hmm. Both guys, I think, are stellar tackles. Some boards have them flip-flopped as one and two. I've seen Evan Neal mostly as number one. I've seen Ike Okwamu, 
you know, go all the way up from one, and I've seen Charles Cross at two, I've seen Evan Neal at three. The differences are really, you know, just archetype-based. That's, mm-hmm. that's really the only difference. They're all athletic. They all can move pretty well. There's no real, like, strength concerns about them getting blown off the ball or anything at the next level. I would like to think that the Texans in this instance, knowing that they got Nick Casario drafting there, they're probably going to go with the Alabama guy in my eyes. So I would like to think that Evan Neal will be the pick here. Okay. What do you think about that? That's fine. Like, I, I said earlier, like, I haven't really, like, researched a lot of the offensive line. No, no, I'm saying, but, like, yeah, like. No, Evan Neal. I think that's safe. I think that's safe. All right, bet. We're going to go ahead and, and any, submit him for the, the third pick then for the Houston Texans. Yeah, then anything would just work for Houston at this point, so. Well, now we have the New York Jets for their first pick. And, you know, we're, we're, we're going to go five deep. We're here at number four. All right, we got Evan Neal taking off the board. The Jets, you know, they, they need corner, receiver, a little bit of help on defense can always, you know, go a long way. Edge rusher. What do, what, what do you think that they might lean towards here at number Oh, yeah, four? edge rusher. Edge. See, I feel like this is a great spot for Kayvon Thibodeau. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he, he he's still very athletic. I, I'm not too concerned with a lot of the um, effort issues that a lot of people see uh, on film. I haven't seen too much of it. Some analysts have, some haven't. A lot of people are more concerned about him and his off-the-field stuff than what he actually does on the field, which, I mean, I get whenever you're, you're evaluating players, you're going to have to do your due diligence across the board. But I think Kamon Thibodeau is going to be a hell of a football player. And up until, you know, three, four months ago, Kamon Thibodeau was, you know, being talked about as the best player in this draft class. Mm-hmm. So I think this would be a great place for the Jets, and I think it would be a great fit for Kayvon Thibodeau as well. And then bringing us now to the fifth pick, we're just going to go to the other side of the stadium to go to the New York Giants. And the Giants need offensive line, defensive line, pretty much everything in the in, in the box they, they could definitely use some help with. I would like to think that maybe here will be another position where we see offensive line go off the board. Maybe another edge rusher, but I would like to think that the Giants would definitely try to lean towards offensive tackle, probably, mm-hmm. in this spot. What, what, what's your thoughts here at five? Sam, are we convinced about uh, what the Giants like really want? What I mean is, what, what, one, as far as just quarterback and just for their team in general. Like, I don't... I don't know what their offensive philosophy is because who they have necessarily at the helm of it. So it's like I could probably give a better answer if I just knew what they really wanted to do. I don't know if they really want to run heavy. I don't know if they think Daniel Jones can really pass. I don't even know if they're going to stick with Daniel Jones after this year. So That part. Yeah, so it's like, you know, I thought, will they jump it early and get just get a quarterback? Or will they, mm, you know, so. Try to get in a year early on it. Hey, they do have two picks. They do pick at five and seven. So if at five they wanted to go best player available and turn around at seven, you know, and see if the Carolina Panthers pick up a QB at six, which has been heavily mocked, mm. you know, maybe they say, you know what, we believe that Carolina is going to pick their quarterback. We're not going to give them opportunity to pick QB one. We're going to take QB one. That is an interesting uh, thought about it. Hey, you mm. know, so you think tackle or quarterback here then? Tomorrow for uh for the Giants for the Giants yeah at five I I'm a, I'll say tackle just because I think they'll give them one more year if they do if they do jump it I wouldn't be too I'll be a little surprised but not too too surprised it would make sense but I would be mm. surprised that it just like actually happened. happened yeah and um if it were to happen I mean five like I said would be the spot because the Panthers are the first like real QB needy team mm-hmm. 
and they're picking at six. So, and the Panthers don't have another pick until like the third round or something like that because you know they gave all uh, away those draft picks for Sam Darnold. So, all right, here top two tackles on the board: Charles Cross, EK Aquamu. I mean, I think Aquamu might fit the Giants a little bit better. You know, he's kind of, kind of got that. You know. That nasty, you know, I'm going to put you on your back. I'm going to pancake you every play type of mentality. I think that would fit well with, with the Giants. So, for five, let's go. Let's go Ikea Kwame. Okay. For sure. North Carolina. So, to round out the top five, we got Aiden Hutchinson at one. Charles went big right here. Swung for the fences. Drake London, wide receiver from USC, number two to Detroit. Texans at three, picking up Evan Neal. And then at fourth, the Jets picking up Kayvon Thibodeau. And at five, Ike Okwanu going to the Giants. I like that. Uh, that this, this will be a very interesting start to the draft. If this is how the uh, the, the board falls, boy, the, f- the first round's going to be a shit show. Because <laughs> think about, man, by the time these quarterbacks come off, and then you got all these other wide receivers still. In that I feel like wide receivers consistently always fall, but yet are mocked very high. Mm. And I, I wonder if the NFL just like has a certain like, all right, well, we'll start valuing receiver at at pick X because I feel like a lot of times when you look through mocks, oh, they're in the top ten all the time. Yeah. Last year was crazy the fact that we had three receivers go top ten. That Jen Waddle, you know, Jamar happen. Chase and Devontae Smith. Yeah, that that, that that was a rare occurrence there. But yeah, bro, um, yeah. So that's gonna do it all for this. I mean, we're gonna come right back in just a minute, man. Y'all take it easy. Follow us on the Breakroom H O U on Twitter and the Breakroom Podcast on Instagram and the Breakroom Podcast One on Facebook, man. So y'all take it easy. We'll be right back. Back here in the break room, we're going to go ahead and jump over to some basketball and talk about the March Madness that just concluded. And then on Sunday, April 3rd, we had the women's tournament conclude. We had the number one versus a number two seed, South Carolina Gamecocks, taking the victory over UConn, which is, you know, maybe not as much of a surprise as it would thought to be in previous years because UConn women's is known for absolutely being dominant and running things over there on the women's side. But South Carolina Gamecocks winning 64 to 49. Charles, go ahead and break that game down for us. All right. So with that game, with the Gamecocks, I said Gamecocks, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, did you, did you see that thing on Twitter with, uh, yes. Oh, oh, uh, (laughs) I can't remember her name. Diana, what's her name, bro? Um, bro. Yeah. She was like, oh, yeah, this, this is a game of inches, and the cocks know all about it. Uh, yeah, I was like, the Huskies are taking it. I was like, like oh, bro, come on. Like, <laughs> I was like, what? You, you, it, 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 they just, they, even the women's basketball players got to bring it out. Hey, yo, what the fuck? But, yeah, so <laughs> free throw percentage really, really didn't help out um, UConn. They shot one of four, 25%. That oh, was you horrible. fucking hilarious. But um, <laughs> the Gamecocks, I'm just completely moving on. Um, <laughs> They, they, they shot 65%. They got to the line 26 times and made 17 of them. So I feel like that was probably just a huge difference in that game. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Didn't watch a second of it. Oh, you good, bro. So um, basically, uh, South Carolina, they were just a lot more physical. Um, UConn, they got bullied. Like, that's really all, all I can really say. I think they came in kind of almost a little, what's the word I can say? You know when teams aren't battle-tested? 
Mm-hmm. Like they're good teams. Don't get me wrong; they have talent, yeah. but they just the, the road's been sweet. It's been sweet. That's really all it really looked like. They just like South Carolina, just like they wanted it more. Yeah, because I'm looking at the box score right now. Yeah, bro. North or South Carolina out rebounded them forty nine to twenty four. Offensively twenty one to six. Like they that's... didn't they didn't want it. Like it, the effort wasn't there. The passion wasn't there. It's almost like they almost expected South Carolina to just kind of roll over, and it didn't happen. They came and got smacked in the mouth the entire game. On some Chris Rock shit, <laughs> but anywho, you know, so it was. I mean, it was keep it my was. wife's name out your fucking mouth, bro. That was hilarious. Hey, if you hadn't seen the last episode, go we, we clipped it. So yeah, go go check that out. It's funny. Um, but yeah, bro. So like we talk about with UConn. Did I say I can I say I picked South Carolina to win? No, uh, I definitely picked UConn because I actually did pick South Carolina. I, I you picked, did. I did a bracket, but. I just picked them to win because I knew that they only had like what one or two losses. Mm. Yeah, thirty-five and two on the season. Yeah, so yeah. I picked them. But I went with tradition just because UConn has been to the Final Four like the past what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven years. Like, yeah, they're they're an absolute. You want to talk about dynasties and sports? Yeah. UConn um, women's basketball. basketball. Definitely one of them. Maya Moore back in the day, she used to go hard up in there. Tough. And so last time they won was obviously 2016. Um, and then they went to That was the last time they won? Yeah. So they've been actually on a little bit of a drought. Okay. They've been on a drought, but they've been in the Final Four every year in between. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Still showing out, but... Still balling, but just not getting over the hump, you know? So, um, But the Gamecocks, they were balling. Uh, they made the Final Four last year, and they made the Sweet 16... The Sweet 16 2019 because obviously 2020 was the COVID year and they didn't have it the tournament then they made the Elite Eight back in 2018 and won back in 2017 so now this is their second championship also their leading scorer this past game was was I think it was the name was Destiny Destiny Henderson if I remember right um, she declared for the WNBA draft I think she's a senior or junior or I can't remember I can't remember exactly uh, what it was but she was definitely winning the score she scored I think 34 minutes and 26 points <laughs> sensational she was balling the entire game like going going that, off that efficiency at its finest right there so yeah bro like um, she declared for the WNBA draft and I don't see a reason why she won't go high. Now, I'm not going to get into, like, you know, just overall draft picks, but she's going to be up there, I'm pretty sure. But, yeah, moving on into men's, into the men's uh, tournament. This game I did watch every second of. This was a very fun game. Oh, yeah. Because they were up. Uh, North Carolina was up by 15 and a half. Bro, it made me sick. And I was about to say, don't, don't tell me it's going to be one of these. Like, not, it can't be a, a game, a blowout when it's Kansas and North Carolina. Not two blue blood historical programs. Bro, it was their game Boy, to Kansas. lose. Like, Boy, Kansas must have got their ass chewed out at halftime because they came had out to be. firing. And uh, what, what was it? Right at the end of the game, um, let's kind of just skip forward down to the end of it. Uh, who was it? Um, was it Baycott that uh, rolled his ankle because the floorboard yeah. moved? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was crazy. Foul, I yeah. was like, ooh, that could have been even worse. Yeah. Like, remember when um, I know the floor it, the floorboard didn't like move like that. I, it might have been when Zion it, tore his shoe. Yeah, it, it was moved. The floorboard moved yeah. like that too. Okay, okay. I wasn't sure if it was because that or if it was just the shoe was ass. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it, I remember it moved. I remember somebody had clipped it on Twitter too, and I saw the whole like board just. It was a faulty board, and it was just yeah. Yeah, how do you have that in the I don't I don't fucking championship game? Like I don't know. Aren't you supposed to have like? The most some kind of check or some kind of checking system or something like that. Like, 
you would think that it's had a better system in place, but hey. You know, for all the conspiracy theorists out there who think like the the tournament is rigged, they're like eating this shit up right now. Like swear. Especially since the fact that like I said, they were up by fifteen and a half and then oh all of a sudden, you know, North Carolina forgets how to shoot in the second half. Crazy. In uh Kansas, like, yeah, we're just gonna end, you know, drop a, a cool little forty seven in the second on you while y'all only drop twenty nine. Yeah. And just to drop this off, so I knew this. Okay, so if y'all didn't watch last episode, last episode, I called this game right. I uh, we said from the final four. You called this from match. the final four. From the final four, except I had UNC winning. It, at halftime, I was like, I knew it. I knew they were gonna just drop them on them real quick. Go ahead and just give me the the analyst job ESPN right here, bro. Like, yeah, bro. But once they came out and they had four stops consecutively, so I was like, bro, what is going on? Like the whole like momentum just wasn't even on their side anymore. So it was it, within like two minutes, like. Yeah, bro. So then once Kansas just took over, then it was all kind of downhill from there. Even, and if you need to follow the break room page, because we put out a tweet, it was the last, what, 16 seconds of the game? Yeah, that one was, that whole sequence where they just rushed. They took three rush shots. Unnecessarily. And then they still had, I don't remember the exact time, but around a handful of seconds. Yeah. By the, after like, that time, they took three Ignorant shots. They still, uh, like four, the goal. they still had like four or five seconds left on the clock. Yeah, after exactly. All that. Like, I said, like a handful of seconds. Plenty of time they could have dribbled it out, got a set moving, try to get some, you know, people moving around, bring a screen up. Nah, they just said, all right, we're just, they just panicked. And yeah, they didn't know what to do. They could have got a better shot off. Why would you pull up from 30? Like, yeah, and then the why would you shot. get the offense rebound, pass it to somebody, and then he pre came and shoot, shot the ball. <laughs> and, and then Homeboy, who got the rebound again, it's just like, y'all just didn't want to be great. Yeah. Straight up. They nah, fucked themselves at the end. Nah, definitely, bro, because it was like, it was their game to lose the entire. Since halftime. They, since halftime, they had a 15 point lead, like you said. And then they came in, and then they closed the gap. And got close to win again. And then they just wasn't being an athlete. Moment was way too big. Moment was in, way too big. What Didn't train hard enough in the offseason. Yeah. So we went against the people who really trained in the offseason. Hey, coach is going to be on the air app. Find the matches. You know, I thought the air app was like a joke. It's a real thing. Yeah. So at the first, I was like, oh, is this real? And I was like, nah, bro. It's, it, it can't be. That, that, yeah. They really got Tinder for recruits out here, Facts. bro. That's Bro, I wish that was around when we were like in high no, school. That would have been like, bro, fuck these high school kids now. Bro, bro, they get it all for free. It's like, it's like, no, no, no. The, it, it, it's it's not a good. So this whole like transfer portal and everything, it's not good for high school kids because they need to like make it so there's so many scholarships put in place for high school kids because they're mm. just turning around. Why oh, are yeah, they, they going to bring some eighteen year old on the schools. street yeah. and they can get a twenty one year old who's played three years yeah. at a whatever type program to bring in like that so, is yeah. that is a, it, I never thought of it like that yeah, I never thought it, of it, it like it's that it's actually becoming a problem so like for the top end you know your four or five star recruits mm. it's obviously not going to be that big of a deal but it's a bigger deal for your guys who are trying to you know sneak their way in or get a scholarship instead of getting a preferred walk on mm. now you have to pay for school instead of not yeah. that's a big difference and that's what a lot of kids are because you know I do the recruiting stuff. Yeah, a lot of that stuff is happening now. So that is, I mean, wow, kids are still getting dime. offers and stuff, but it, it's, it's tougher. It, exactly, like you know, places like your your blue blood schools, your Alabamas, mm. your Clemsons, and stuff like they're always going to be able to get whatever five star you know they want. Mm. And now they have the option to, oh, oh, you we got oh, a receiver or a, a defensive end coming from oh Texas or Oklahoma or something. Yeah, yeah, come come on over here to Tuscaloosa. Give them a scholarship. Well, that take that takes one away from a high school kid. Mm. So it's just the, the the world we're living. But I mean, the transfer portal does have its benefits for college kids. College guys, that's yeah. why it's there in place. There's just the NCAA is a failing um, entity of governing 
of governing. Mm. So they, they they got their issues. They got to figure out what that what, shit. I'm pretty sure they're going to address this in the future. Where do you see that really going? Because that's a ma- that's a major thing. I never even thought about that. I, where do I see it going? Sports is all leaning towards moving to player controlled. Mm. There's the NBA. We've already oh yeah, that's it yeah, it's there. The NFL, it's slowly it's turning. It's trying. Slowly turning. It's just starting. It starts with guaranteed money. That's mm-hmm. where it starts. NBA contracts, fully guaranteed. All right, now we got our money. Now what's the next step? Are right, we want to be treated. We want this. We want this. We want this. Same thing with the NFL. They're working on getting the money right. All right, then they're going to start coming through the stuff. And then it'll eventually just trickle down to the NCAA. And I feel like the transfer portal is going to be here to stay. And it's going to be in the new wave of recruiting. Mm. Instead of, you know, having your in-home visits to, you know, the top juniors in the nation and stuff. You're going to be, you know, on Zoom from some kid that's halfway across the country just getting out of his 2 p.m. algebra class talking about, hey, come play for me over here and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So what do you uh, – uh, another question I want to just throw out to you, man. I know it's all random and on the fly, but what do you think this does to JUCOs? Because so, I feel like they're like the – this is what they always have to deal with. Yeah, like, say JUCOs always been in like a bad spot. Uh, yeah, no, so, not a bad spot, but not not, not the most favorable mm-hmm. positioning because like – So it's almost like they drop down – I don't want to say drop down to almost – unless, you know, you were the five-star who maybe got in trouble or got kicked yeah. off the team or left, and then you go to a JUCO. And the now transfer just, portal is essentially going to replace JUCO. Yeah. Or instead of these kids coming from Southwest Louisiana Community College, they're coming from LSU. And honestly, JUCOs might end up being just a destination for some of these high school guys trying to get to a four-year college, but can't off scholarship just because of the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. So now it might be JUCOs might be getting. Yeah, I feel like JUCO might get the short end of the stick when it comes to this. I, I had never thought about uh, the JUCO side of things. That's actually a great question. Um. I think next episode we, we, we should do a little bit more research and actually okay, see what, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what, look what other that. opinions are looking like that because I would like to actually discuss that because it is th- becoming a real new um, – I'm trying to think of the word. It's like the new the new wave kind mm-hmm. of, you know, of, of how the next generation is going to be recruited. You know, you got the air app. That's what we were yeah. joking about. But, like, that, that's, that's the thing, too. Thing, like, yeah. It's just the, the, the whole process of recruiting and all this and that. You know, on Twitter – so I, I do the high school recruiting stuff, right? Mm-hmm. On Twitter, every single kid's Twitter. That people don't have like personal Twitters anymore. And if they do, they're locking that away, changing their username. Nothing that you can find them for. If you Google some, if you Google Bill Johnson from you know Bel Air High School, not a real person, by the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. But so when you look him up, oh, it's going to be Bill Johnson, and then he's going to have his all of his stats on there. He's going to have yep. his measurables, his SAT, that. his GPA, like all in their Twitter bios. I'm, They're using Twitter as a legit recruiting platform and it is huge. These these college coaches have tens and thousands and thousands and thousands of, of followers from this stuff. And, like, and you know what the crazy, I, oh, my, I mean to cut you off, go no, ahead, no, go ahead. Good. No, no that, that was it. Oh, something I kind of noticed was or thought about was really when we were in high school, right? I remember my coach, he told me my, my sophomore year or my freshman year, he told me to make a Twitter for a college recruiting, right? That's that's really the real reason I have it now. Like, if he didn't tell me to make, I wouldn't even have one. See, which is crazy so, because at that time, like, that it was, was it just was, become. It was just, we were in high school. It started. That's when it started. Maybe by the time we got to like our senior year, so like that 2015 to 2016 season mm-hmm. was like the first time that like I had kind of started people like doing that. Mm-hmm. But it's like every single kid now has it like that. Yeah. Like, see, back then when we were in school at that year, I didn't have my measurables and all this other stuff. Like, it, I thought about it as some a way to talk to coaches, but it wasn't like a – it wasn't my resume. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like my film would be my resume. Sure, I might have had my huddle link tied yeah. to my bio, but it wasn't like. Yeah, and that's exactly how they have it now. Yeah. yeah. So hey, I'm six foot, 185 pounds. I play wide receiver and DB. I run a four four five. I bench 300 pounds. I squat 420. GPA like, 3.5. Like, yeah. yeah. NCAA uh, ID number on there. Yeah. Here's the link to my huddle. Hey, I have a 247 profile. Here's that. Like, they have literally just everything out there. And, like, for me, it, it's a great resource. And I use, I use it to reach out to these kids. I talk mm. with them. They DM me, send me their film, tag me and stuff all the time. And it's it's that aspect of it is great as far as uh, the new wave of recruiting. Even when we were at the end zone tournament, a lot of them guys had their Instagram set up like that, too. So, yep. even though that's a I guess I feel like it's not as popular as Twitter, but yeah, they do it the same way. All their social medias are just geared towards their their individual sport. I probably have written about some kids that Mm -hmm. I never would have known about if they literally didn't DM me their film on Twitter. I don't have to sit there and sometimes I don't even have to respond, um, uh, like message back these kids to ask them, hey, are you even eligible? Hey, what what um what what high school do you go to? It's like sometimes you know you you get people that don't have any information. They just have throw you a link. No no school name. No oh I no classification. None of that. But yeah, like with that. Um, also I think that I think it's a great thing because coaches have access to a lot more people and and vice versa. They have access to the coach's direct line to them. The only thing is that. And this is me. This is me being the pessimist. Is that everything is up for? What's the word I'm looking for? Um, everything gets put under a microscope. There we go. That's the word I'm looking for. There we go. Everything is put under a microscope. There's they can be closely watched. Now, granted, it's good because they're about to go to college. At least the seniors are. But it starts when they're 15 in high school. Mm-hmm. And so it's like. And we saw with those 15 years, yeah. they got game and they're actually being recruited yes. at 14, 15 years old. And so it's just, I don't know, man. The, as far as like the kid aspect of it, it kind of just, it's a good thing they can start early in the recruiting process. But it's like, it's that's a whole nother way because like when recruiting, you almost, you're somewhat of your own negotiator as, as in some aspects of it. You know what I mean? And so like, We've seen with other coaches in college. Um, I've seen it personally. I know you have too, but or with even other coaches we've talked about just in college, we they use like sometimes they use fear tactics against players to get them to either come to the school, leave, or do whatever. And so I mean, and so like not all coaches are bad. That's not what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Not all programs are evil. <laughs> That's not what I'm trying to say. But I'm just saying there are sure, it sounds like it. I'm you do have you. a few out there, you know, that it might be some type it can, it can be some type of way or kind of misused in a way is what I'm trying to get at. And that's fair enough. I mean, a lot of things in this world get blown out of proportion Mm. and things of that nature. And some things are, you know, put under a microscope that don't need to be. Mm. But when you're a college coach and you're looking to, let's just say, give some kid a six figure scholarship, there's some things that got to be evaluated. Mm. And now that I know more about the process since I've, A, gone through it, and now I'm looking at it from the outside in, and now, well, I was looking at it from the outside in, and now I'm inside looking out again, but from just, you know, a different lens. Mm -hmm. Now I'm not being the one recruiting. I'm, like, the one analyzing the kids being recruited and stuff. You know, just because you have game or you have a certain GPA – doesn't always mean it. I know coaches that will sit there and go through your likes on Twitter. They'll go through some of the pa- people and pages you're yeah. following on social media and stuff like that. You know, you never know. It's a lot of kids liking a lot of things that they feel that is just immature and stuff, and they don't want that around their program. Mm-hmm. And sometimes a kid 
might have game, but he's not mature enough to go to a Division One school and be around a bunch of 20, 21, 22, 23-year-old men. So, you know, a lot of kids will lose that side of things, but that's why everything you do on social media has to be, you know, you have to know that you're under a microscope and you have to be smart with everything you do. Yeah, and all we can really do is hope that either their parents or their coaches are really, like, driving that point home to them. Yeah, and that's the crazy thing is because some parents just, A, don't know, like, anything about the recruiting process. So they mm. think, all right, my kid has social media, so what does that got to do with them playing football mm. or them being a, a hooper, this and that, whatever? Nah, I just hope like, – I guess all we can really do is hope is that, you know, people – their circle of influence is kind of doing their due diligence to help them. Yeah, and no, good news is that a lot of coaches nowadays are just more than what the coaches used to be back in the day, more than just X's and O's. Mm-hmm. They've been through the process. You know, a lot of times coaches go back to the schools or the areas that they're from so they yeah. know how to get through to these kids and stuff like that. So it'll just help uh, out the whole landscape as far as recruiting goes. Very sure. I guess the, the landscape is just evolving, you know, so. It's consistently evolving, and either you're going to get with it or you're going to fall behind. Very true. Very true. All right, so, uh, hey, moving forward. Some people will not be moving forward, and you know who that is? The Los Angeles Lakers. Bro, they, they, they fucked me. They really did, because I literally just got done a week ago saying that I believe they will get their shit together because they're going to have LeBron and AD coming back. Well, I was wrong, and here I am as a man admitting that, and the Los Angeles Lakers have officially been eliminated from the playing tournament, and let, 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 let's just let, let's run through the West real quick. Go ahead. So we got at the top, we got at one, the Suns, Two Grizzlies, three Warriors, four Mavericks, five Jazz, six Nuggets. All right, those are your top six seeds. They're guaranteed in. Looking like in the play-in tournament right now, seventh seed is going to be the Timberwolves, eight Clippers, nine Pelicans, and the tenth is going to be the Spurs. Now to look at it from the East, Heat clinched the number one seed, Bucks at two, Celtics, 76ers, Raptors at five, and Bulls at six. So now the play-in tournament is going to be looking like the Cavs, the Nets, the Hawks and the Hornets out the East. I am happy that the Cavs, like, like they're, they're going to go into the playing tournament. Mm-hmm. But based off the start that they had, I, I just wish that they would have secured that six seed. But the Bulls, they also had a great start. And the Raptors came up uh, <laughs> later half of the season and really started turning up. The East is going to be very interesting. I don't – I mean – First off, who do you think is going to make it out of the play-in? I think the well, I think the Nets will make it. I think the Nets will make it. Um, everybody else, I'm not really sure about. Ah, see, to me, it's coming down to that Hawks and Cavs. Like, see, I want to say the Hawks just because of last year, but it's but uh, again, they are in the ninth seed. So, like, you know, I think that the cat. I, I hate to be the guy to pick the seven and eighth seeds to come out, but I think the Cavs and the Nets are just the better teams. Mm-hmm. They they they're just the better options out of like what we have left. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm a believer in the in this young uh, Cavs squad as well, so I feel like they'll they'll be able to get up out of there. So it, it, let, let's say that's the case. Let's say you know they they'll stay at the seventh seed and the Nets stay eighth seed. So then that means the first round will have the Nets and the Heat. That will be a damn good matchup for a first round. Yeah, that might be that will be the best first round matchup. Yeah, if the Cavaliers okay, make playoffs yeah. right, and definitely. the Nets, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. Yeah, because the Heat have the talent to go all the way, but also they shoot themselves in the foot all the time. Yep, and the Nets are just getting better, and Kyrie's getting to more of a groove, getting more games up under his belt, and then you still got the stop KD. That yeah. is a the whole yeah. entire mission of itself. They, yeah, that's like something you got to set aside all by itself. So, 
Um, as far as the West, is it the Suns year? I don't know. I'm feeling some type of way. Like I'm feeling hey, some type of way. It like I just might be, but I cannot sleep on the Warriors. It, that's the only team. That's it. Like uh, other than the Warriors, I don't. But this could be the year the Nuggets get. Come, come on. Hey, come on. This could come be on. Here. Come on. Th- come th- on. Think now. about it. Is Jamal Murray coming back? Do we know that? I believe so. I didn't even say he'd be back for the playoffs. So. Yeah, but I haven't seen anything like super recently nah. that was like, hey, he's for sure coming nah, back. They've for been the- quiet about it. So, yeah. like, eh. hey. If he comes in and he comes in right. I, the Nuggets would have to be a favorite. I, I, if, uh, the nu- a healthy Jamal Murray getting added onto this Nuggets team, I am just as confident in them to come out the West as I am the Warriors or the Suns. We know about the Nuggets and the Jazz. We know about them. What do they do? They they fuck it up. They fuck it up. That's just what they do. They're great teams. They're built. They're constructed. No, you're right. You're immaculately, right. Immaculately. I just want just to believe. Fuck it up. Like I, I'm gonna put my faith in something and get my 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 whole uh, my heart and my hopes crushed yet again. Like, See, I, I want to say the grit. I want, I want to, I want to, but I'm, I'm not. I'm, I can't say they're a, f- a favorite to come out, even though they are the second seed and they're playing so good, even without Jaw. I don't know. I just you do. I see be- them winning four games out of seven against the Sons of the Warriors. No, I don't think so. No, no, no. I mean, they might be able to take it to six. But I can't, I can't, I, I can't see. Uh, I can't go. I can't, can't see them getting four. Yeah, for me, like for me, it's either the Suns or the Warriors, and the Sun, the Suns are just so. Well, let me start with the Warriors first. The Warriors bench is so deep, like it's just so deep, and then you want to get Steph that's going to come back, and it's just like what Clay dropped. Um, I forgot. I forgot. I know he had like a twenty-five plus point game last night. And he was draining threes. And I'm like, okay, okay. We're getting we're getting some old clay a little bit. You need some old clay. Then we get Steph back with the bench they had. You was digging the uh headband clay last night. Oh yeah. And his 33 points in 33 minutes. That's just that's just what Clay Thompson does. That boy, hey, yeah. 28 minutes, 25 points. 33 minutes, 33 points. Facts. So the Suns are just well. Their starting lineup is just great. They have an okay bench. It's just not as deep as the Warriors. Mm-hmm. And so, and any Chris Paul team, when Chris Paul has the weapons, yeah, it's just hard to bet against them. So, where overall would you say Chris Paul is ranked all time when it comes to point guards? He's not in the top five. I can't have him in my top five. Okay, just just you know who, uh, who is in your top five? No order. Okay, uh, Magic, Steve Nash, Isaiah Thomas, Steph Curry, AI. I mean, AI is technically a shooting guard, Shoot. but but I'll give it. Primary. Oh, oh go ahead. He's got to be top five, bro. You going top five? So I would say the people I'll put above him, like without certain the, the Magic, Steph. <sighs> you can't do it. Oscar Robinson. Okay. Yeah. And then I'll probably say Chris Paul. I'll probably say Chris Paul. Great pick. But you said Steph. You said uh, you said Chris Paul where? I, 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 would, I would put Chris Paul in there, yeah. Chris but Paul's top five. Chris Paul has no MVPs. He doesn't. But I feel like basketball isn't as much about, like, the accolades. Because, like, even though he, this dude just got to his first finals and what when he was with the Rockets got to his first conference thing mm-hmm. he is such just like a point god he he is basketball he 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 is basketball IQ he knows all this dude still so, at this age i mean what is he 37 30s. 38 how does lebron know he's like 2 years younger than lebron isn't lebron 37 
So he might be 35. Oh, 35. Regardless, he's still out here leading teams. He took the Thunder. He he pulled the Thunder to the playoffs. And took the Rockets seven. Yeah, that part. <laughs> the team that he just left and damn near took them to the NBA Finals. I just think that between the like the IQ, obviously at the end of the day, the, the, the assist totals are going to be you know out of this world. They'll be top tier. I feel like... I got to take Chris Paul. And defensively, he's always been with it. So Okay, so I know you see you called him a point guard, which he is. But these other guys we just named, they are too. Like, see, I, the Isaiah Thomas one thing, I, I can respect it, but I just think Chris Paul's better than Isaiah Thomas. In what way? Like... And and Isaiah Thomas was an old NBA when back when you can almost punch people and get away with it. Like, see that doesn't make you a better basketball player, my eyes. Just cause, to me, to me. Well, go ahead, go ahead. You you go first. It's like is somebody a better fighter just because they came from the streets versus somebody who was raised as a boxer? No, no. But what I'm saying is, if you can play at such a high level when all this th- when anything is legal, versus you playing great when almost everything is, is excluded, it's a little different. I, mean, I, sound like, I sound like old heads talking about Jordan. Yeah, hey, I, I would just bring up the same exact scenario. Shout out, shout out if you're in a street heads. fight versus a, a regulation fight, like, oh, yeah, all things can go in a street fight versus all things, you know, not all things can go, obviously, when you're in a ring. That still doesn't make you a better fighter. So the MVPs don't mean anything? No, the, I mean, Isaiah Thomas doesn't even have an MVP. I mean, no, he doesn't have MVP. He has the finals MVPs. Duh. Two finals MVPs, not MVPs. Well, I mean, yeah, because, I mean, he, he, he got there, but... Why is Isaiah Thomas? Why why can I only find Isaiah Thomas, the the the, the short fucking <laughs> number four? Why can I only find his stats? Okay, you're not that guy, pal. Trust me, you're not that guy. Okay. God damn it, because I'm misspelling Isaiah. That's why. Why why does he spell it differently? Apparently, Isaiah Thomas, um, he uh, the old school one is missing an I. Yeah. I, I oh, guess you thought, they, you thought they spelled it the same way. Uh, yeah, I guess it's like one of those things where, like. You don't really see like that. No, they're so similar. Yeah, so you never yeah, put yeah. them together type deal. Good, good. All right, so so just just let me see. Let me see if I'm right. Let me see if I'm wrong. So Isaiah Thomas played from '82 to '94, so that's 12 seasons. '06 to '22, that's what like 14, 16, 16. Bad math. So points 18 for Chris Paul, 19 for Thomas. Turnovers 2.4. For Chris Paul, 3.8 for Thomas. Steals, 2.1 to 1.9. Damn near the same. Rebounding, 4.5 for Paul, 3.5 for Isaiah Thomas. Free throw percentage, Chris Paul takes that 87 to 50 uh, to 75. Uh, two point, you know, just shots, 51 to 46%. Three point shooting, 36% to 29. And. Assist nine and a half to nine point three. Mm-hmm. So Chris Paul is statistically better at everything besides points per game. I know. So if we're talking about better player or better point guard, because those are two different things. Yeah. Well, I said like all, all these things. Like he's not more. Um, he doesn't have more accolades than him. There's there's no denying that. Like I said, Chris Paul has gotten the short end of his uh, of, of the playoffs for the mm. majority of his career, and you know some of that was on him. But I just think that if I want a team. I want Chris Paul running it over Isaiah Thomas. And actually, let me add a caveat to this. I didn't even think about this earlier. Are we taking like guys who come into the league as point guards or people who like play the point? You give because basketball's positionless nowadays. Positionless nowadays. So I, I feel you on that. If you're ball, like like who, who example are you like thinking about? I guess? I'm thinking well, one LeBron. I could think James Harden. You got think I could think. Uh, yeah. 
I mean, at the end of the day, LeBron James is still like a small forward. He's a small forward, yeah, but they like, haven't played the point. Now he plays point, even yeah. though, yeah, like he's always played point forward to a certain extent, mm. too. Because I've heard that thing. It's like, oh, well, if you want to do that, then LeBron's got to be top five. Well, I mean, if you want to include him, then LeBron is top five. Mm. Now, would that slide Chris Paul out? Probably because LeBron, you know, is obviously better than Chris Paul. Yeah. But I just think Chris Paul, as a defender, is absolutely elite, too. I mean, I, I almost wanted to put Jerry West over him just because Jerry West is, just has that you know historical mm. impact. Okay. Oscar Robinson, I'll, 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 I'll respect it. You know, even though, obviously, I'm not sitting there saying I've sat there and broke down Oscar yeah. Robinson's game. I know, I know what you mean. You know, I, I still think Chris Paul's got to be top five, though. Okay. So, uh, but, but let's go ahead and wrap up the um, the, uh, the 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 playoffs in the West, though. Since we can dig into the little side discussion, go ahead, go ahead. So the play on the playing tournament, like I said, is going to be Timberwolves, Clippers, Pelicans, and Spurs. Who do you think comes out of there? Hold on. Say you said the um, Timberwolves, Pelicans, Clippers, and the Spurs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Um, actually, I'm gonna go with the go with the Timberwolves. Actually, as much as I want to say the Clippers. I can't. I'm going to be ignorant. I'm going to take the Spurs. You're going to take the Spurs? Yeah, what? I'm a, I got to throw like an explosion sound with that one. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, hot take. Okay, yeah, yeah. It, it is a little warm in the room. I'm hey. with it. I'm it, with it. it. Okay. It, it is 1030 on a Friday night and we out here talking about sports. Shit. All right, cool. I'm with Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't believe in the Pelicans and the Clippers have just been, you know, they should make it in, right? <laughs> but, but I'm not confident in that. At all. Am I confident in the Spurs? No. But I... <laughs> I just feel like the Spurs could, you know, harass people. Okay. You know, they got Pop out there. Maybe he just pulls, you know, a couple old old tricks out the, out the bag. You know, It's okay? only one game. That's all. Hey, they just need to win two to get in. Win one, move on, win the next one, and you win. Yeah. Um, okay. That's a bit. Oh, and just because I forgot to say it earlier. So, you know, we talked about Chris Paul just a few, what, seconds ago? Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Paul took the Hornets to a, their 56 win, 56 win season in 2008. He took the Clippers to their 57 win in 2014, the Rockets to 65 wins back in 2018, and the Suns to 63 wins, which is now. So, and all those records are still standing. Yeah. So this just shows you just the type of impact he has when he steps up on your t- on your floor. Chris Paul makes your team almost an inst- an instant playoff contender. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I mean, like we were just talking about with the Thunder, literally yeah. took the Rockets to seven. Bro, that made me sick. Like it came all the way down to what the like the last minute of the game yeah. as well. Yeah. That whole little thing that happened with um, Dort. And uh, James Harden on the end of the floor, the like ball went out of bounds and stuff, and they awarded it to the Rockets, and then that was game. Yeah, I remember that. That Rockets team was really fun to watch, bro. Yeah, it was. And I was man. a Thunder fan watching that, and like I really enjoyed tuning into every game for that series. Yeah, like that was one of those ones. Like I want to see seven games. People I, talk- I don't even care if we win. I just want to see seven good, great games. People talked a lot of shit about James when he got up out of here. I mean, me myself included too, but. I mean, he, rightfully so. He did. He did go out like a bitch, though. He gave us some great basketball. Though, he did. Man. Damn, he gave like, us some good you basketball. You know how recency bias is. Yeah. If you're going out, like I just said, nah, when he, you force your way out like yeah. a little hoe like that, come on, bro. Yeah. You almost put on all this extra weight and then cut it down just so y'all can. Train <laughs> like. Bro, you you were here for this, bro. Will had like a whole thing because people were saying he put on a fat suit. It was ended by James. But he went on like a whole rant about like James Harden was never fat. Like he was like slamming his hand on the best. It was funny as shit. But yeah, um, 
Nah, man, that's for, for the most part. Like, is that all you got? Yeah, they, that, that, that's all I have here on a Friday night for y'all. Me too, man. It's, it's getting late too, so we're gonna go and get up out of here, man. Y'all follow us on the break room. Hou on who's Twitter. hot and who's not? Who's hot? We are. It is hot as hell in here. Facts. You just took off your jacket. Yeah, did you have a jacket on when you came in? No, no. So um, I just have this uh, polo, and then I have a uh, just a undershirt on. And Understood. Right? So right. I think the the sleeve was hanging. You out. got a cotton undershirt on? Yeah. So. Bro, Don't worry what? about it. <laughs> Bro, like, what? <laughs> mind your own business. I'm just so, you're gonna be sweating like No, so hear me out. I was in that that press box, right? Okay. And it's a small press box and those AC units in there put in fucking work. Okay. So like okay, I actually cold. be cold as hell in there. Okay. And so yeah, like I just didn't want to put on a whole jacket. So I was like, you know, I had this undershirt on, so you know I don't sweat out this one when I'm driving an hour to go call okay. these fucking games to begin okay. with. Okay. okay. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'll just leave it on. I know it's gonna be cold up in there. I so I say, damn, bro, you a menace. You gotta okay. But it's it's cool. You say it's cold. Yeah, I mean, it feels it feels good outside with it, you know. Okay. Rock, rocking two shirts. Cool. All right then. Hey, look, that's been all for the break room, man. From me, Charles Carter III, my, my boy right in front of me, y'all's boy Evan Schumore. Follow me at three dot last underscore king on Twitter, and my boy Evan Schumore TV on Twitter. So yeah, man, y'all take it easy, man. We'll see y'all next time. Yes, Godspeed. Running in, I be fighting for your time.